Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello everyone and welcome to another Women's World Cup Daily Podcast here at Optus Sport. As we know, finally now, who's in the round of 16, who is playing who, what a night of drama as the third place playoffs threw up all the emotion you could possibly want from a World Cup and we now count down as well to Norway versus Australia. David Wiener with you this Friday with three panellists with me today, Amy Duggan, Georgia Yermandau, Tal Karp, a bit delirious, bleary-eyed after a four-game night. But uh, Amy, what was your highlight of a, another dramatic night? It really was. It's, there's so many things to talk about, Dave. We had the VAR. We had Cameroon coming home with a last-minute winner. We've had Chile having us on the edge of our seat with opportunity, which they've washed away, and so has their World Cup campaign. We've seen the USA waltz on through the way that we've seen them do in this group so far. But to get to the end of the group stage and now move on to that round of 16, there's some exciting clashes ahead of us. There sure is. Georgia, how are you feeling for Cameroon in that 90th, 11 seconds from going out? and then through to keep their dreams alive, this third-place playoff thing has, has actually added quite a bit of drama to the, to the group stage. Yeah, it's been amazing that uh, all the third-place playoffs have come right down to the last day. Um, awesome to see Cameroon get through. You know, they worked so hard, and especially in that game, right until the end to, to really push for that goal. So they really had a belief that they could get through and really excited to see what they can do in the round of 16. But how devastating for New Zealand and that own goal in respect of Cameroon. Their first goal in a World Cup, an own goal. Anticlimactic, but devastation for me is the Chilean who hit the crossbar. I mean, that is hopes and dreams. Oh, my goodness. So it was nil-nil at halftime, and Chile had to score three goals to go through to the round and knock Nigeria out as the next third-place team. We get two goals. We think, oh, here we go. They've actually got a chance of doing this. They get the penalty, set up for the penalty. You're thinking Chile's all the way through. It hits the crossbar. Devastating. And you saw the emotion on the player's face. It was just raw, wasn't it? You saw her break. And they were all tearing up after the after the game, I felt heartbroken well, with them. But I was also sitting there waiting for the VAR to call it yeah. back for, an, <laughs> for a retake because that's what's happened over the last few days. That goalkeeper would have been sent off because, of course, the penalty was given by a goalkeeper mistake yellow and she card. copped a yellow yeah. card. But, Tal, I know you'll be excited as the Nigerians go through. They would have been watching that game with bated breath. Oh, the Super Falcons. And I'm really actually excited for them. I've got – there's something – Amazing about that team going through. And our very own Anne O'Dong is one of the correspondents for the Nigerian team, so no doubt she'll be absolutely ecstatic too. Two teams from Africa going through now, through the third place as well. It's but a big deal. how funny for Nigeria who've literally, we talk about the tension, they've sat since three, four days waiting to find out if they're going to go through. Can you imagine when that penalty was called and the VAR was taking forever while that player is lining up to take that penalty. Just picture the Nigerian yeah. team sitting in a hotel room somewhere, just hoping, beyond hope, that that player missed it. Just, I can just imagine the 
emotions. They would absolutely be dancing, but they do have a tough test ahead, Dave, because they're coming up against a German side who's been on cruise control so far. Yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll touch on the round of 16 in just one second, because I'll just recap. So for all that hysteria that we just talked about, if you're trying to catch up, because to be honest with you, it's been pretty hard to follow for the whole week, let alone last night, after the emotion of Scotland and Argentina yesterday, where there was a comeback and late penalty drama. We had it again today with Chile against Thailand, which meant at one point Nigeria were trying to find out if they were going through camera were through earlier in the night and then it came down to would Nigeria go through or would Chile make up the goal difference and that is how slender it was and in the end it came down to that penalty hitting the crossbar and Nigeria watching on as Tal said went through. So we have our round of 16 and I'm going to read it out now because there's no way I'll remember it by going off the top of my head. Of course we know Norway versus Australia but we have Germany against Nigeria, England against Cameroon, France against Brazil, Spain against USA, Sweden against Canada, Italy against China, Netherlands against Japan. I think I got them right. What's your takeaway out of that? My The biggest takeaway I have is the fact that Italy finished top of the group and are facing China and that would have been a great game and a great side of the draw mm. for Australia That's to a big be point. on. That's a big point. You often say that the top is great for morale and whatnot, but top spot in that Australia group had big consequences. Absolutely, because we're now on the same side of the draw with some of the big nations. We're talking USA, mm. France, Germany. England. England. My gosh. So it's a little bit lopsided and some of those top teams are going to go out before we hit the semi-final stage. Absolutely. What did we make of the US today? We haven't touched on them this morning, but in, in the context of going ahead, they haven't been tested really in this tournament. Where does that Does that all go well or sort of have some uncertainty for them going into the round of 16? Yeah, no, they definitely haven't been tested, but we also haven't seen them play to their potential. Uh, we saw some glimpses of um, the way that they can play and the quality that they are. However, they've still got a long way to go. Um, however, I, I can't say that as a bad thing for them. You want to peak at the right time and they're still going up each game. They're getting better and better and they go into this round of 16, they would be confident. They're always confident regardless of their previous results. Absolutely, and they'd be happy to finish on top of the table. They would have been aiming for that. And I know today's win wasn't overly convincing and authoritative, but they got the job done. I wonder if it's overconfidence. They haven't settled into their style. They've rotated so many players. They weren't tested today, and I didn't see the US that I wanted to see that was going to back up a tournament victory. In saying that too, finishing second in that group as Sweden did, and we saw so many changes to their starting lineup. It's actually not a bad thing. It's almost a bonus to finish yeah. second. I was going to say, Georgia, you have the suspicions that Sweden's team was not as much about load management as it was about thinking, this is not a bad one if we, if we actually don't pick up Bit the points. Bit of strategy. Yeah, well, I think, you know, every team goes out and says, we're going to try win every game. And of course you are. That's why you're representing your country. But part of you has got to be sitting back and looking at the draw saying, you know, which way do we want to go through this? Because if before the World Cup, someone comes to you and says, okay, do you want to face uh, the USA, France and England before you get to the final? Or do you want to come in on the other side? I think every team is going to say, all right, let's take the easy path and play the big game when we need to. Um, so Sweden falls in from second place on the better side of the draw. So I, I think that they're going to be pretty happy with what they're coming in with. I hear what you're saying, Georgia, but at the same time, it makes me feel, oh, I don't know, complicated inside. There's, there's something wrong. There's something not FIFA fair play about a team <laughs> trying to throw um, their potential victory because we want to see a contest we want to see a fight we don't want to see a team not play their best I definitely think Sweden were going out there uh, to play 
as good as they can but as we said they didn't put out their strongest side so it wasn't a matter of okay let's totally throw this game but it's we're not putting everything into the game because if we come away with the win we've rested our good players and we can face these harder teams with well-rested players or we put out our other players give them a chance to show what they can do give them a bit of world cup experience and then if we if we lose the game, then we're still coming in on a good side of the draw. So I think it's just a win-win all round. I, I don't think they gutted this morning. I don't think so either. I just want to know, when is that blurry line crossed? When do we decide that there's something Well, it doesn't unethical? matter now because now we're in the knockouts. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. And I think China are probably in a similar situation the other day. Um, if you can concoct it, good luck to you. But it's very... It's you can't control your fortune. You can't control your luck. So it's probably going to come back and bite them at some point. Um, Netherlands, Canada overnight as well. So interesting to yes. observe two um, reasonably fancied sides are going to the knockouts. Um, what did we make of those two teams and, and where do you see them amongst this list of contenders? Oh, look, that game. Another 2-1. Both of our early games, 2-1 um, score lines. I saw Canada losing a bit more ball than I would have liked. Yes, they matched up defensively. The Netherlands, they were persuasive in patches in their attacking formation, didn't quite get enough opportunities. I would have liked to have seen them. They've got such star power up front. I would have liked to have seen them combine a little bit more up front. We did see Sinclair get a goal, um, inching her way that that close, a little bit closer yeah. to Abby Wombach's big record, but then she came off and wasn't very happy about <laughs> having to take off that captain's armband. Another couple of goals. I really liked that second goal uh, from the Netherlands. A substitute at 70 minutes comes on, scores within five minutes. That's just... That's, a that's making an impact, that's isn't making it? That's what impact. you call an impact. Yeah. Shows, shows their strength in depth. So I want to just revisit, before we move on to the Matildas, um, your predictions before the tournament. And how, does the round of 16 draw and what you've seen so far shake that up a little bit? Well, it does because so many tough teams are on one side of the draw. You know, we all pinned the top four nations, I suppose, uh, in Germany, USA, France, England. And they're all on Goodbye. Yeah, they're they're all all together. Germany's on the other side. But the other three are together, yeah. so, you know, maybe we'll see a one-two. We kind of, going into this tournament, I kind of expect, like you looked at those three um, spots on that side and, and they're all the first place. You, you pick USA to top their pool, you pick France to top their pool, you pick England to top their pool. So it was always kind of fall that way. But do you have the best teams playing off in the final? I don't think so. Mm. Potentially not, but uh, for Australia... I just cannot get over the fact that that loss to Italy has cost us, I feel, such... I'm not going to say China's a walkover because they're not, but an opponent that we're used to, an opponent that we've got a great record against, as opposed to Norway. Yeah, that, that's, as I said earlier, the consequences of that were quite big. And it sort of explains, Tal, that disappointment that they had on their faces straight after that win against Jamaica. They, they, they kind of knew what that meant, didn't they? Oh, look, it wasn't just losing to Italy. It was also, could we not have got one more, two more goals against Jamaica to put ourselves in a better position? Yeah, well, we'll never know. You've got to beat the best to win, and that's what we've got to look at now. Now, Norway, it it is an interesting proposition. So what do we, after the, the, the couple of days to digest the last performance from the Matildas, how are we all feeling now heading into Sunday's massive game? 
I think you always have to be confident that the Matildas have a few things in their favour. They have fight, they have heart, and they will go at this with everything they have. And they still have a lot of self-belief. We know there's some cracks, some cracks defensively, perhaps in the deep central midfield role. Um, but it's great to have Sammy on the board because even though a couple of those goals were gifts, she's on the board, she's off and rolling, and she's got that feeling and that vertical jump. Good luck to anyone coming up against her with that. But at the same time, Norway... They're a formidable opponent. They've been one of the pleasures mm. to watch so far in this tournament. Going about their business, it's nice, clean play. They knock it around. They get it wide. They've got some great players too. Utland, the young Guru Wrighton, who um, Heather and I have both yeah. taken a bit of a shining to, and Graham Hansen as well. Who There is a question mark over her. Yeah, she, she came off in the last game uh, quite gingerly, has suspected ankle injury which it kind of looked like at the end of that game that there was no chance she's going to make it back for this um, round of 16 match so we'll be kind of waiting to see what the outcome is of that injury and whether we will be facing her but she's definitely been one of the key players for Norway so from an Australian perspective where you know you never want to wish someone injury (laughs) but if if she's going to sit out this one that would be nice. Thank you very much. Speaking of injuries so obviously there was a report from Lee Bowens and Alicia this Ferguson this morning that there were six Australians who did not participate and we've got clarification since that was a load management more than it was um, a a fear for the weekend and that includes Claire Polkinghorne being a chance of being selected but that pretty much sums up Ante Milicic's conundrum doesn't it? The, The Italy team have an extra three days uh, on the, on Australia to prepare for their game. Geez, with the little kinks we wanted to iron out, we could have done with that, let alone resting players in the couple of sessions that we do have. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Absolutely. Injury woes have plagued us in this tournament. We need every day that we can get to be able to manage those, to be able to manage the load. And yes, it might have been six players who are resting at training because of injury load management rather than potentially injuries. But that does something to the psyche of the team who are training. So the rest of them that are at the park, how can you fully relax into that training session when you've got some big names not training with you? It's, it is a, it's a tough one, isn't it? And I guess that's the balancing act. And Nante would have to be managing that really well because you've got a set of players in, who've got a lot of minutes in their legs. Keep that in mind. A lot of the players that are sitting out do have a lot of minutes in their legs. And and with this short turnaround, trying to, you know, they, they finish the game, they have recovery, they've got a travel day, there's really only one good day of training in there and these players have sat out. So it is interesting, but um, a couple of the players said after in the press conference that they were feeling a bit lethargic, they were feeling a bit tired. So well, I, I guess all we can do is wait and see if that pays off. Yeah, well, your load, you often feel it not the day after a game, but you feel it two, three days after a game. That's when it's hardest to pick yourself up. These girls won't have been sitting back in the hotel room doing nothing. I'm sure they would have been getting on the bike to try and flush out some um, lactic lactic acid, (laughs) that good old lactic acid. And I think part of this as well is 
would be uh, from a psychological point of view. You know, the girls need to refresh mentally and just take a take a break from it all because the World Cup and, and any major tournament uh, takes a toll mentally about how much you're training, how much you're putting into it. So I think a mental break as well as a physical break can do really good things for the for the team and the girls. Absolutely the fact agree. That they- Played in 30-degree mm. heat and it was a long, hard, tough game for them too. That'll think, take it out of you. I think being in Nice, I saw a few of them have enjoyed the, the beach there, so that will help and mentally. And putting all of our abs to shame, <laughs> mind you. Absolutely, I was like, far out, they look fit. Well, maybe you don't need to train when you're in such good shape. Back at the beach, that's what we do well. We're Aussies, that's where we relax. That's a But really that does help. That does. does help. Absolutely. Yeah. And as Georgia said, the emotional load over these last three games, with more eyes watching the Matildas than ever before, that strain must have been felt. It's really good that they're getting a little bit of checkout time. And if we know these girls, which we all do, they play best when they're relaxed and when they're confident. So, you know, do anything we can. We know that they're physically ready. We know that they're capable of, of performing to the highest level and we know that they're smart enough footballers to, to pull it all together. So do you think that's the case though, George, that they just need to relax, to see the good football we know they can play, the fact that they're putting so much pressure mm. on themselves, that they're feeling nervous and they're feeling that pressure and it's... Because they've looked tense. They've been tense at times. And I think that they also overthink a lot of things and and that comes with um, a new coach. We talk about the new coach and how it changes the dynamic of the team and you you are constantly overthinking things because you don't know where you stand. You don't know what your coach expects of you. So I'm hoping that this rest will let the girls just come back to terms with themselves and really back themselves as players and back themselves and their understanding of the game and just go out there and play with freedom. Okay, is it as simple as that in terms of if we get back to feeling what we know the Matildas can do, that we're comfortable that they might you know, get through this game or, or what do we need to see improve or be done well and continue that improvement game by game to get through this huge game? Look, I do think one of the bits is relaxing because I saw that weight of expectation absolutely overburdening our players, particularly in that first ga- that first game. And we need to shed that, but then get back to our first principles. We need to fix a few of the mistakes that we've seen in the last couple of games. One of those mistakes has been the endless defensive question, particularly how we manage some of those cutting in runners and, and the wide backs running on. Um, those wide plays are, are really quite dangerous for us. In attack, we need some more ways of going forward and penetrating into that box. We're doing a lot of crossing. Um, how else can we get the ball, not just to Sammy Kerr, but to some of our others too? Are you confident if this does become a midfield battle, which it may well very do because of of Norway's strengths, that Australia has got uh, the runs on the board at the moment to to prevail. I don't think we've seen the Matildas play their best football by any means, and and I'm actually not sure we've won a midfield battle yet, and that's probably one of the keys to their success going forward. We've also had, you know, you've got to look at the goals. We've had defensive errors. We had a game against... um, Jamaica that we should have been the authoritarian in that game we should have been controlling we should have been setting the pace the intensity and dictating the play and I don't feel like we've been in that position yet but if Australia can come out and be that team be the confident team the team with the ball at their feet that say right we are the ones who are going to dictate play we're a dead set chance well from what I was saying before I think 
We definitely have the ability, but what I think is really missing is leaders on the field. Um, you, you can tell that everyone's trying to, to play things, but you need players to step up and really dictate play. And I think one of the, the things that they're probably struggling with is I can imagine over there um, the crowds are quite loud and it's often hard to hear each other on the field. So you can't just have one player dictating from the back. You need everyone communicating and really just um, trying to play as a unit rather than as individuals. Leadership and that cohesion is particularly going to be important against Norway. Their forward line have just such great counter-attacking prowess that we can't afford to be making some of the silly mistakes that we've been making in that back line. And possession. Possession's really important and we've talked about this on air as well. Positive possession is really important and making sure that we take the time to push the ball forward. That's, um, you know, not just get it and play around the back. Look, we mm. can do that. We know that. We can hold possession but we need to make positive moves with that possession and that means getting our strikers in on the ball, getting the, the likes of whoever they put up front, be it Hayley Rasso, be it Emily Gilnick, uh, be it Caitlin Ford, be it Sam, on the ball and running at defenders with those overlapping or Heather's favourite term, the third man runs, so that we get into the box. Because what we've seen from the last few games is we're just we're getting up into our final third and we're just plonking it in the box. Mm-hmm. And there's, that's paid off for Sammy and those crosses and those headers, fair enough. But I think that's not how Australia's been playing. I wouldn't mind seeing Caitlin Ford coming back into a number 10 role um, so she can pick up the ball and she can combine with Sammy because at the moment we're not getting much movement between our midfield and our front three. It's kind of like we're playing in three different teams and that's our back line, that's our middle third and then it gets to the front three and, and everyone's very stagnant. So I think uh, we started to look better in that Jamaican game but if you bring in your Caitlin Ford into that number 10, we can mix things up. I would bring uh, Hayley Razzo on... Um, um, because she made such a big impact coming off the bench. So just these little tweaks and, and additions of key players, I think that we can really take it to Norway. So to if, achieve that, uh, George has recommended those changes, uh, and particularly to get that effective possession. Um, is it the same 11, or are you making some changes for this game? That's so tough, because it does depend on whether this is all, you know, we're being told that there's With load the management, yeah. but we're not actually quite sure. I'd like to see Steph Catley back out on the left, even though Carly Ross back in, you know, she did a decent job coming in there, but I'd like to see Steph back on the left. I'd like to see our wingbacks involved more in the game, and that involves us pushing up the field a little bit more so they can get involved in the attack. I'd love to see Hayley Rasso back on the park and I'd actually like to see KK sitting in the six. To me, yeah. that's key here, not only defensively, um, but in that with that attacking mindset that we get the ball and we actually are looking up and we're looking for our strikers rather than just looking for safe possession. I feel we've been a bit safe in there. Who misses out then, though? Is it because you've got, you got, you got, you got Tamika Yallop then, you've got Chloe Lagaza, Emily Van Egmont. It's probably M. Yeah. I'd have to agree with the KK addition in that number six role. She's going to play a critical role screening the likes of Utland and Rayton and Hansen if she comes on. But also we've been too slow playing out of the back. We need that other option. We need to find different ways moving forward. And I think KK would play a really good distributive role there. Is there any element of risk? We know her pedigree and, and all that, but the fact that she hasn't played that role once in the tournament through obviously having to be nursed in through injury and then playing at left back. Obviously, she'll fit in like a glove seamlessly because she's been there before, but is there any risk throwing her in now after three games? Is there any more risk putting her at at the back? I I don't think there's any risk. KK knows that role inside out, and those... Uh, having Polks and, and Alana behind her, those three have played together many, many times before. So it's not like it's going to be anything new for any of those players. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, M. Van Egmont misses out, not 
due to you know poor performances but just based on trying to get that movement in the midfield. We just need that spark going forward. We need some intensity, some aggression going forward. And that's the other thing I wanted to say. We've got fight, we've got determination, we've got grit. We, we know we can fight back. It is never say die and we say it all the time. But I just really want to see a couple of those players. Hayley Rasso has it, that little angry look on her face where she knows no one is Hayley going Razzo, to be her. Chloe Legazzo, Caitlin Ford, Sam Kerr, when they step over that white line, they see red and that's it's do or die for them. That's what we want. But we need that in every game. We don't need that only when our backs are up against the wall. We do our best when we're behind. We can't afford that with Norway. We need to go in with that white line fever from the get-go. Okay, so to sum up, in, a, in, in one answer for everyone out there that wants to know why, they want your reassurances, a tip and why. Hopefully it's why we win, not why we won't. I think it's going to be really tight. I think we're going to concede. We haven't had a clean sheet yet, so it's not going to be a case of... Uh, keeping a clean sheet and going ahead. This is not going to be a cricket score by any means from either side, I don't believe. I think it'll be really tight. I'm, I think Australia will get the job done maybe 2-1, um, but I think the first 15 minutes is going to be really important for Australia to set the tone of this game and show that they're in it and they're not going to be dictated to. Yeah, I think that's a, a really good shout. Definitely, uh, you know, there, there are weaknesses in our back line. So to say that we're going to go 90 minutes without conceding is difficult. But you look at our attacking threat and we've definitely got goals in us. So I'm going to go 3-1. I'm going to say 2-1. It's going to be very, very important, as Amy said, that we get a run on the board straight away, that we get on top of the game. We manage our defensive woes, but then we push for some variation in attack. Okay, and a question with that notice. I'm going to give you the chance to revise your pre-World Cup predictions. We'll wipe those off the floor if you want. Now that you've seen the round of 16, are you picking and sticking or are you going to, are you going to use your, your lottery card to pick another winner? I still think the USA will come out on top, but I think knowing the side of the draw now, they may face a team like Germany. Uh, I'm still sticking with England, taking this all the way to the end. The the quality that we've seen from them, yes, it hasn't been consistent for 90 minutes across three games, but the quality that they have in them, I just don't think any team can match them, even the US. France. I initially listed the US as, you know, back-to-back champions. I haven't been convinced with them yet. And France... I don't know, there's something that's different and special, home soil advantage. There's something that makes me want to edge in that way. Maybe we'll see France, Germany. I was, I was about to say, I don't know if you can pick France or, uh, or US or England out of that pool. Good luck to you. Pull it out. We'll see what happens. But they're probably going to face Germany, aren't they? Probably, but there's some exciting times ahead. Brilliant. Well, everyone out there, hope you enjoyed that podcast. We cannot wait for Sunday. There's the, the small matter of uh, Germany's game against Nigeria before that. If you feel like an all-nighter, but then 5 a.m., please join us with pre-game as well before that for the massive game Norway against Australia. Tal, Georgia, Amy, thanks so much for hanging around and having that chat. Thank you. Great thanks, stuff. GW. Great stuff as always. And all of you out there, have a great weekend. And as ever, enjoy your football. <laughs>